0: Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad to come to the house of God and feel the presence of God. And please don't ever come in here taking it for granted that it's going to happen. It happens when two or three gather together in His name. It happens when we are in one mind and in one accord. When we come together like that, God can move and God can do anything. I'm going to tell you, this has been one of the the tougher pastoral weeks that I've had in a long time. Just been a lot of different things. People having to walk through a lot of different things. And and we're going to walk through it. And I'm with you all. Everybody in this room that, that I've been walking with you, I'm going to keep walking with you. It's been a tough week, but let me tell you, I'm so glad to know that in the middle of all of that, I came in here today, I don't feel like the devil's got the upper hand. I don't feel like I'm not going to make it. I'm convinced 100% we're going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Amen, amen. There's others I forgot to mention in prayer today. I know Leah is sick, Leah Fagan. Um, Jimmy O'Neill's aunt passed away this week, and he's at that service today. And, and so we need to pray for them. Uh, it's his mother's side, I believe, in St. Louis area. And uh, my brother is actually ministering out of town this morning, so I know he appreciates your prayers as well. Hosea chapter number four. Hosea chapter number four. And then, I don't know how it is in your Bible, but in my Bible all I have to do is turn one page back and I'll go to Daniel. And in Daniel 11, I'm going to read as well. Hosea 4 and 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Folks, that is a heavy verse of Scripture. He said, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It's not because you weren't given the knowledge. It's because you rejected the knowledge. The lack of knowledge is because you rejected the knowledge. I will also then reject you. You'll be no priest to me. Seeing you've forgotten the law of your God. And I will also forget your children. That is a powerful word from God. Daniel chapter number 11 and verse number 32. Daniel 11 and 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know, everybody say no. The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. It's all about the knowledge of God that you have, and I'm going to preach it. I I referenced this message. Two or three months ago, probably I told you I was going to go back and preach some of an old message, and and I've got parts of that, and I've got some other stuff. But uh, I preached a message some years ago titled "Jesus, I'll Never Forget." Today I am preaching a message along those lines. My title today is "Knowing Your God." Knowing your anybody want to know him. I'm not talking about about him. I didn't say do you want to feel him? I didn't say do you want to do you want to hear about him? I said do you want to know him? Yeah. And if you want to know him, would you give him a hand clap of praise yeah. this morning? God bless you. You may be seated. Knowledge is a word that we often tend to look at and by the way I, before I, I jump into that, let me say this: I am so excited because here in a little bit we're going to baptize Olivia in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah God filled her with the Holy Ghost and she's been she's been talking to her parents for a while now we've been discussing this about baptism and she's ready to be baptized in Jesus name and I'm excited about that good to have some of her family here today to celebrate with her knowledge it's a word we look at we assume we know what it means I don't think it would be unfair to admit this morning that to us knowledge usually means the accumulation of information that is how we tend to see knowledge as the accumulation of information. But in the Bible, it's greater than that. In the Bible, knowledge is a word that carries with it greater responsibility than what we have made it in our current day and age. There's two things about Bible knowledge that we have to deal with and we have to come to terms with. The first one is that knowledge in the Bible has to do with what is true everybody say what is true and not just what is true from a worldly perspective but what is true from God's perspective many times what the world calls true and what God calls truth are two very different things that are diametrically opposed one to another and there is a difference In the Bible, you will see that distinction made because the writer will write in the Word of God and they will make certain many times of whose knowledge they are speaking of and they will say something to the effect of the knowledge of God because the knowledge of man runs so counterclockwise and contrary to many times the knowledge of God. You see that? In Paul's letter to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. He wrote saying to them. uh, Well let me drop down to verse 3. 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. There are high things. I'm not talking about things that don't have any influence. I'm not talking about things that that cannot make inroads into society. There are high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. I would tell you today, you'd better be careful what you bring into your home because it may just be trying to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. It bothers me, and and, and I don't think we have an issue with this with our young people and, and those that are attending our church from other churches that are in college right now. But it bothers me when young people go to college and, and they begin to listen to professors and instructors that begin to tell them their truth and what they believe truth to be. And their truth doesn't line up with the Word of God. And so instead of standing on the Word of God, they find their values beginning to be changed and their values beginning to be molded. And what is happening is they are being conformed to the world. That's what's happening. To be conformed to the world doesn't mean just to dress like the world. To be conformed to the world doesn't mean just to, just to go to the places that the world goes to. But to be conformed to the world before it's ever a dress, before it's ever a place, it starts out as a mindset. You better hear what I'm saying right now. I just stepped in the Holy Ghost. You better hear me right now. Being conformed to the world is when we take worldly mindsets and we allow them to come in to our hearts and we try to mix the holy with the profane. We try to mix the word of God with that which is antithesis to the word of God. We try to take Christ and the spirit of Antichrist and bring them together. And God said, when you mix the holy with the unholy, that, ladies and gentlemen, he said, is the profane. And I won't have anything to do with it. We'd better be careful what we are conforming to. You'd better be very careful that you have made your foundation sure. This is not really my message this morning, but I feel so compelled to say it right now. You'd better be sure that you're built on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. You'd better be sure that you're built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. You'd better make sure that what what they say that is anti what this says goes in one ear and out the other. And if you can't be in that environment without it affecting you, you'd be better served to get out of that environment and find just something else to do. No, you may not have the job you want, but your soul might be saved, and you might make it to heaven. I don't know about you, but it's not worth my soul to go to hell and me to have everything in this world. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Media is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. You better be careful what those talking heads tell you. You would better be careful what you listen to and take in. I don't care how much money they made last year. I don't care what their contract is worth with Fox News or CNN News or anybody else. It doesn't really matter to me. I don't care if they're writing for the New York Times or the Daily Wire or any other group in between. If it's, if it's a long-standing publication With a history or if it's a new one that's come along. I don't care who it is. I don't care where it came from. If it's not in line with the word of God. It's not for me. And I'm not taking that into my spirit. And furthermore I'm going to tell my kids the same thing. That's not who we are. They don't put values in you. The word of God is what's going to put values in you. Let God be true and every man a liar. Hallelujah. There is a worldly knowledge that seeks to lift itself as being a higher form of knowledge than that which God has given us in his word. And we have lived to see that day come to pass. So that's the first thing. Bible knowledge has to do with what is true. And you've got to make sure that your source of truth comes from this book. That's the first thing. The second thing about Bible knowledge, it's not just about what is true, but it also has to do with your obedience to what is true. You'll see this over and over and over again in the Word of God. To know something intellectually is not full knowledge. In the Bible, just because you know it doesn't make it complete knowledge. In God's word, knowledge is always accompanied by this beautiful thing that is called obedience. That's why James wrote and said, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If you know what to do, but you don't do it, you're a sinner. If you know what to do, but you don't do it. You're a sinner. Hear me. If you know what to do. But you don't do it. God's word. Not pastor. Not bylaws of sanctuary church. Not the manual of the United Pentecostal. God's word says. If you know what to do. But you don't do it. It makes you a sinner. Oh God help me. Help me to do what I know is true. Help me to be obedient to your word. That's why some people try to stay as far away as they can um, from what is truth. There's some people that aren't in this church today. And I'm just going to pastor for a moment. There's some people that aren't in this church today that need to be in this church today. They know they need to be in this church today because they know what is true. But they're not wanting to be obedient to what is true. And so there are people, you hear me right now, I'm in the Holy Ghost this morning. I'm telling you, God's ordained this service. I feel it from the top of my head to the sole of my feet there are some people who are sitting in churches today and they would have loved to have been in this church and feel what we've been feeling today. But they didn't come feel what we felt today. You know why they didn't come experience all of that today? It's because they don't want to be obedient to what the Word of God has to say. And they said, if if in order for me to have that, I've got to be obedient to God's Word, then I'll just not have that and I'll do it the way I want to do it. Oh, what a horrible trade you're making. What a horrible trade you're making. It's like Judas taking 30 pieces of silver to betray the master. You're getting something. But whatever it is you're getting. And whatever it is that's causing your flesh to feel appeased. It will not be worth it. And one of these days you're going to do as Judas did. And you're going to want to run back to wherever it is you came from. And you're going to want to throw that money down at the feet of whoever gave it to you. And you're going to say, I betrayed the innocent blood. Oh God help us. If there is anybody. That is listening to this message today by way of podcast. And you're hearing me preach. And you're not here today because there's some sacrifices you don't feel like you want to make. And there's some consecrations you have determined you don't want to make. But you know That what we're preaching is true. And you know what this pastor preaches is in the word of God. But you've settled for a lesser form of Christianity. I'm telling you today. To them who knows to do good. But you don't do it. It makes you a sinner. And you're not going to be absolved simply because you put yourself in that situation. You better run to an altar. You better find a place before God and say, God, help me. Forgive me. Lord, I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be lost. Peter told us, he said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If we're not growing in grace, if we're not growing in the knowledge of the Lord, that only leaves one alternative. Anything that's not that's alive that is not growing is something that is dying. If it's alive, it should be in a constant state of growth. And so it is with the spirit man within us. If we're alive unto God, if we have life in that more abundance, then we should be growing in our knowledge. It should not be that you're getting farther from God. It should not be that you're beginning to question things that should have been settled a long time ago with God. If you're beginning to do that, there is a dying that is taking place within you. You ought to hit your knees and say, God, cause me to live again. As I gain more knowledge of him, it's not enough to simply file that knowledge away as information. Knowledge is not just information. It becomes information that I must act upon. I'm talking about Bible knowledge. I'm talking about Bible knowledge. As a minister, according to the state, there are some things that I am required to act on if I gain knowledge of them if there is abuse taking place in a home and I find out about it, I must act on that information by telling the proper authorities. Because if I don't, whether I want to or not, if I don't, I become guilty of obstruction of justice simply by withholding information. And in the same way, God holds us accountable for the things that we know, telling me that if I know these things, I ought to act In obedience to these things. Am I preaching good this morning? That's the issue God has with his people in the book of Hosea. He accuses them of being destroyed. Literally meaning to cease or to perish. For a lack he said of knowledge. And it isn't that they never received the information needed. It's that they rejected the information that came. How did they reject it? They chose their own form of truth over it. And did not obey what the knowledge of God had set before them. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. We'd better be careful. Just because you've lived for God a long time. Does not mean you're not tempted at times to do what is right in your own eyes. Just because we've been doing this for a long time. Doesn't mean the temptation never comes upon us. To do it the way we'd rather do it. And do it the way we choose to see it. And we can try to twist and subvert scripture uh, to our own destruction if we're not careful. That was an Old Testament problem, but it wasn't just an Old Testament problem. It crept up in the new as well. Paul told the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15 and 34. He said to that church, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some... Have not, listen to that, awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame, he said. You must remember that Paul is speaking to a church. Everybody say it's a church. He's speaking to a church here. And when he accuses some of them of not having the knowledge of God, he says that it is to their own shame. If it had been an issue of Paul not having shared it with them, then it would have been to his shame as the preacher. But Paul is accusing them. He is telling them, you know what is right. You're simply not doing that which is right. He told his son in the gospel, Titus, in Titus 1 and 16. He said, there is a people, they claim to know God. He said, they profess that they know God. But in works they deny him. Being abominable and disobedient. And unto every good work reprobate. Paul said they say they know God. But the work of their life shows that they really deny him. And instead they are abominable. They're a hated thing. They're disobedient. And unto every good work they're a reprobate. And so it is in that sense That everybody in this room this morning, everyone under the sound of my voice is susceptible to forgetting. If knowing, listen to me, if knowing is more than information, and I believe I've shown to you by the word of God that it is information plus action. If knowing is more than information, but it also includes our obedience, then forgetting is more than the loss of information. Forgetting is also our lack of obedience. And as Paul demonstrates in that letter to Corinth, it's possible for even the church to forget who Jesus is. It's possible for the church to show up on Sunday and forget what he has done for us. As a kid, there's a lot of things I experienced that I don't have any memory of today. There's some things I can remember. There's many things that I can't. I've forgotten them over time. And that's the problem with memories. They only last for a while. My mother had an aunt who was the family historian. And she would keep all the information of our family. And she talks about them. You got to understand my mother's dad was very much older than her when he had her. And my mother's dad actually moved to Oklahoma in a covered wagon with his family. He was the youngest of all his siblings. And his oldest sister, my mom's aunt, Dora Lee, uh, she kept all their records and information through the years, and she would write down a lot of different things. And I can remember going with my mom and parents to her house and sitting next to her chair, and she would tell us so many of the stories of our family's history. But after she passed away, so too did many of those stories because there wasn't somebody else to carry them on for whatever reason. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we forget things simply because we quit talking about those things. That's why it's not enough for you to just hear it preached by me over this pulpit. And you know me and you know I'm going to preach it. And, and I'm going to be consistent to preach it over this pulpit. But it's not enough. You got to take it home. You got to put it in your kids. When you wake up in the morning, you got to put it in them. When you walk by the way, you got to put it in them. When you sit down to eat, you got to put it in them. When you lay your head down at night, you need to be putting it in them. You got to be putting this in them. You got to be telling them about one God. You got to be telling them about being born again of water and spirit. How do you expect them to not be conformed to this world? Shame on us if we'll shout me down when I'm preaching about not being conformed to the world. But we're not putting something in them that will keep them from being conformed to this world. It's not enough. It's not enough, thank God, for our teachers. Oh, I'm so thankful for our Sunday school teachers. I thank you for what you do. Thank you every Wednesday night children's ministry worker in this church. Thank you for what you do. And we need more. And if you're in this room and you're not serving, we've got some places we need help right now. We could use your help. We could use your help. You'd be doing a valuable thing, putting these truths in our kids. We must work to do it. But you can't just leave it to them you gotta go home, and you gotta put it inside of them. You gotta go home and say, "I know, maybe you saw something, and I know maybe there was something that disappointed you." But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I've gone home sometimes, and and I've had questions, and 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 I've and, and, and this is this is just coming to me right now, and I know I've had conversation recently with you, and and let this be a help to you as it was to me. (laughs) Yeah. There's been times I went home with my kids and said, I know, I know that that that's somebody that's supposed to believe like us and do like us. And and I know you saw something that disappointed you. And and I can't take care of them. I I, I can't run their house for them. But as for me and my house, this is what we're going to do. We had a conversation this week, brought tears to the eyes of one of my kids because we said that's not who we are and that's not what we're going to do. And you talk about breaking a heart. Of, of a parent, but he, it broke the heart of some parents when we looked, and I wanted to cry with them, and I wanted to—I I wanted to just say, you know what? It's going to be all right. We can, you know, it's just a little old thing. But you go ahead and do that thing. That's what what this old flesh wanted to do. But there was something inside of me that said, if you want them to grow up and be what you've been preaching about, if you want them to have what was handed down to you, you're going to have to take a stand here. And it wasn't easy to do. But I believe that God's going to honor that. I believe God's going to honor that. Olivia. Olivia. Thank God for you where are you at sweetheart. Thank God for you. She she had some family come in. She had to get over there to them. Thank God for you baby and God's getting ready to do some great things in your life. And God's got his hand on you and and you've got such a sweet spirit. My goodness, you've got a sweet spirit. I love watching you Wednesday night uh, when I walked by as, as we were worshiping in church. And I walked by and I saw you with your hands raised and your eyes closed. Oh, that made pastor so happy, baby. You keep doing that. You keep doing that. Matter of fact, maybe you'll be the leader in that. And, and it'll just float all over the place. I, it would, that would tickle me so very much. You don't ever be afraid to do that. And I know I'm talking to you in front of all these people right now. And I'm probably embarrassing you. But I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm trying to tell you, you're doing great. God's got his hand on you, baby. But let me tell you something. The things you hear from this day on forward. The things you hear pastor preach about. I know you're young. And I know you you don't even maybe understand all of it right now. But when you hear pastor preach it, you ought to say, I want to put it down in my heart. Because I want to make sure that when I grow up, I've still got got then, what I've got right now and there's too many churches that don't have today what they used to have back then oh my God, let it never be said, that sanctuary lost the glory of God that rested on this congregation let it never be said we lost it just because we quit talking about it so take it home, parents. Yes, I'm going to preach it. Yes, just because you know I've, I've announced I'm going to preach on a difficult subject, that's no time for you to lay out. That's no time for you to lay out. You hear me say, I'm going to teach on this or I'm going to teach on that. That's no time for you. Oh, well, I don't think I want to be there for that. You better hear what I say. You better hear what I say. Just because you pull yourself out of the environment doesn't mean that you don't know what's true and God's going to hold you accountable for it. And I know I'm preaching strong, but you better thank God you got a pastor that will preach it strong. This will not be a worldly church. This is going to be a separated church. This is going to be a church where the glory of God falls. This is going to be a church where the name of Jesus is proclaimed. This is going to be a church that stands on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. So I have determined those things cannot, they will not happen in this church. They will not happen in this church. If we will not forget the things that the Lord has told us to remember, that we should know. He said if you, if you won't forget them, and, and I know I've quoted part of this scripture, but let me read it to you this morning, because there's, a, there's a, something I've got to teach from it. Deuteronomy 6 and 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently. Oh, that word is so powerful. Diligently, not sporadically, not occasionally, diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt ask her. You were asking me, son, about that little piece of wood that was on my nightstand. You know what I'm talking about? This is what it's talking about. Listen. Listen. Thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house And on thy gates That little thing buddy When they would walk in their house They'd touch it And they'd say And, and the parents would teach their kids to touch it and they'd, and they'd call on God And they'd say Lord we're just remembering all the things you've told us Every time they would go in the house Or out of the house They'd touch that and that is a reminder to them of what, so when, whether they're coming or going, you need to remember what you've been taught is true, and you need to live what you've been taught is true. It'd probably be a good idea for us to do something along the same lines. It shall be when the Lord, if you'll do all of this, he said, then it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which He swear to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give you good and Uh, Great and goodly cities which you didn't build. Houses full of good things which you didn't fill. Wells dug which you didn't dig. Vineyards and olive trees which you didn't plant. When you have eaten and are full. Then beware lest, hear that, then beware. Lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. He said that if we will not forget these things, that the Lord will drive out nations from before us. He said that every place where on the soles of your feet, go read it in your Bible, chapter 11. Every place the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours, and there shall be no man able to stand before you. If you will do, you hear me, if you will do what you know is true, There won't be anybody able to stand before you. And God will take care of you. And God will vindicate you. And God will bring you out. So don't forget. Don't forget who Jesus is. Don't forget what he has done. Job spent several chapters of his book telling about how difficult life had become for him. He lost everything. His children, all of them, died. His family and friends didn't support him. His body was ravaged by a painful sickness. Yet in chapter 19 of his book, he makes a very powerful statement that's been encouraging us for years. He said in 1925, For I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. I may have trouble... I may have walked through difficulty. I may have gone through things that it seems that no one should ever have had to walk through. Yet I keep on keeping on. Why? It's because of what I know. And what I know is true. And what I know says get up and try again. So I will continue. Paul told Timothy. That he'd been appointed as a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the gospel to the Gentiles. And because of that, 2 Timothy 1 and 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, Timothy, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded he's able to keep me that which I've committed unto him against that day. And Paul wasn't kidding when he said he'd suffered. He, five times he received 39 lashes with the whip. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Three times he endured shipwreck. Spent a day and a night in the deep. Constantly traveling. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils of his own countrymen. This is his testimony. In perils by those who hated God. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren. In weariness, in painfulness, in sleeplessness often. In hunger, in thirst, in fastings often. In cold, in nakedness. Not to mention, he says, the care of all the churches that rest upon me. So I got the people of God that I'm caring for and all that's weighing on me as well. Yet he kept on going. Why? It's because he knew whom he had believed. And was persuaded that God was able to keep him. So he made a commitment that Jesus I will never forget. I'm not preaching a false gospel to you today. That says if you serve God well enough and love him enough. And do enough good stuff you'll never go through any diff- anything difficult. That your heart will never be broken. That's not what I'm preaching. That'd be a lie. But I came here with a powerful truth. And that is that if you will remember Him. If you'll know your God. On the good days and on the bad days. On the days you want to wave a palm. And on the days you want to wave a willow. If you'll keep on knowing your God. When you've been hit so hard that you don't know up from down. If you will remember Him. You will get through it. And God will get the glory. You can make it. Please don't ever call this pastor with your difficulty and say, I just don't know if I'm going to make it. That's not the Lord talking and that's not the word of God talking. And that's not your pastor talking. That's your flesh talking. You, You can make it and you will make it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can make it. 1 John 2, 3 through 5. 1 John 2, 3 through 5. And hereby we do know that we know him. (laughs) Listen to that. 1 John 3 and 2. Or 2 and 3, excuse me. 1 John 2 and 3. And hereby we do know that we know him. So if I'm preaching like I'm preaching today, don't you think it'd be helpful to know that you know him? So I came to help you. Hereby we do know that we know him. If we keep his commandments. He that saith I know him. And keeps not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. You You may know what the spirit of God feels like. You may know what a move of God looks like. You may know what it is like to be where God is, but you don't know Him if you don't keep His commandments. And just because you came to church today and felt His presence doesn't mean you know Him. Am I preaching today? Just because you came to church and felt His presence doesn't mean that you know Him. Here's how you know that you know Him. If you shouted when the praise team sang, If when the preacher was preaching, it made you want to jump up and pump your fist. No. You know that you know him when you keep his commandments. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. And hereby we know that we are in him when we keep his word. So, let me tell you about Daniel. When Daniel was used by God to prophesy about events that would happen in the end of time, he made some strong statements. But one of them is so very powerful to me, and it's brought so much strength to the people of God. But we need to make sure, we need to make sure that we are not quoting a verse that is not our verse we're going to quote the verse we need to make sure that we're living the prom that, that we're living the promise so we can receive the promise he said i read it earlier and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries but the people that do know their god shall be strong and do exploits so i'm telling you about the people who know their god When their entire world is in upheaval. And when governments are rocking and reeling. And stock markets are going up and down. And fear is coming upon every man. Let me tell you about the people who do know their God. They shall be strong. And they shall do exploits. So it doesn't matter what the devil throws at me. If I'll be strong. If if I'll know my God if I'll listen to what is true from his word, and if I will obey his word, I'll know him. And I'll know I know him because I've been obedient. And I shall be strong. And I shall do exploits. Let me just prophesy to you for a moment about Kenneth O'Connell. I'm going to prophesy to you about Kenneth O'Connell. Kenneth O'Connell doesn't know what's coming tomorrow. I don't usually talk about him in the third person either, by the way. He don't know what's coming tomorrow. He don't know what's coming next week. He don't know what's coming next month. He don't know what's coming next year. He don't know what's going to happen with his body and he don't know what's going to happen with his wife and doesn't know what's going to all happen with his children. He doesn't know if things are always going to go the way he wants them to with, with, with those situations or he doesn't know. He doesn't know, uh what things will be like in a few years for his parents. He doesn't know uh, family situations that they've had, how all that stuff's going to be worked out. He just doesn't know. I can't tell you none of that stuff. I don't know those things. But let me tell you what I do know. I do know my God. And the way I know, I know my God is because I made a commitment to be faithful to His commandments and to honor His word. And so no matter what happens next month, no matter what happens next year, no matter if the bottom falls out tomorrow and I get the worst report I've ever had, if the, God forbid, but if I was in a car wreck today, you remember the last message I preached and you remember that I left this pulpit saying, I know my God and I've been faithful to my God and because I know my God, I'll be strong and I'll do, exploits. It doesn't matter what comes down the path. I'm going to make it because I know him. I'm going to make it because I know him. And in order for you to make it, you must know him. If you don't know him, then you better get scared. If you don't know Him, then you better be concerned. But if you can leave here today knowing Him, you may walk out with the same problems you walked in with, but you'll walk out with the assurance that God's going to keep His hand on me. And it doesn't matter what goes good, it doesn't matter what goes bad, God's going to have His hand on me. And I'm going to be okay because I know my God. I feel like i preached the word of the Lord to this church today. And I feel like this has been, a, this has been a, a designated word from heaven in this house. And I think all of us need to make sure that before we leave this morning, that we have let it get inside of our spirit. And we won't let go of it. And we will refuse to let it pass us by. I wonder if we could just close our eyes and lift our hands toward heaven. And we begin to call on the Lord where we sit. Well, the pastor's finished preaching this morning. What are you going to do now? What's going to happen now? What are we going to do now that he's done preaching? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my bag of burdens. I'm going to make my way to an altar. I'm going to lay it down before the Lord. And I'm going to say, God... If there's any area in my life that I haven't been faithful to your commandments and I haven't lived your word and I haven't known you like I thought I knew you or like I professed to know know you, then God, I've come to get it right today and I've come to reacquaint myself with you. And before I hit those doors on my way out today, God, I'm going to make sure that I know you like I need to know you. And if there's anybody that feels like doing that today, I wish you'd get up from your seat. Make your way to this altar. You would join me. And we would kneel before God together. And we would let God do a work in our lives. I'm not telling, listen, don't be embarrassed right now. Don't be be embarrassed. Everybody, we go home in this church by way of the altar. Everybody in this church could stand to make sure that you know God as you should know God. Let Him speak to you. Let Him speak to you. Maybe there's a place you've been conforming to the world in. And maybe you haven't seen it. But maybe the Holy Ghost wants to reveal it to you today. Let's find us a place to pray. If you can't get to the front, maybe you can kneel at your seat or lean forward to the seat in front of you. But let's cry out to God right now. Let's make sure that we know that we know Him.